there was a horrible storm that came in. They called for help, and uh, the Coast Guard said for some reason that they were not going to respond. We're supposed to only respond nine miles offshore. That's state waters, so yeah. I was way outside. But I was like, if we don't go, they're probably going to die. All I could think of is like, look, we just need to make it. We need, just need to find them before the sun goes all the way down. You're listening to 56, a Pinellas County Sheriff's Office podcast. I'm Ricky Butler. Once again, with Laura Sullivan and Ashley Cooley, we are excited to bring you another episode. And I think we should say a big thank you to all of our listeners, as we always do, because that's the most important thing, because people continue to listen to us for each episode. And I think the feedback we're getting is increasing as well. So, oh, yes, it is. So yeah. I'm going to say do, it. Do you, know, s- do you know where they're sending that feedback? Yeah, where are they sending that, Laura? They're sending it to <laughs> let's56 at pcsonet.com. That's L-E-T-S. Five six at pcsofnet.com. She rehearsed that before a, a we true, went live. A true <laughs> professional. So thank you to those that are listening. Bigger thank you to those sending feedback. Keep doing it because we're actually starting to get suggestions and recommendations for guests. Good ones. Good, Good ones suggestions. Too. Yeah. yeah. So Please keep doing it and be patient with us. We will get you will get to hear every suggestion I've gotten so far has been a good person. So we will hear from those yes. people at some point. We just got to get them into the schedule because we're working ahead quite a few months mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. again, keep sending the feedback. Thank you very much. So let's get right into it in today's guest. So uh, Pinellas County is unique for a whole lot of reasons, one of which is that it's a peninsula. So there's a lot of water, right? So we've got the freshwater lakes. We've got the Gulf. We've got the Bay, of course, the Intracoastal Waterway. Uh, and what a lot of people don't know is tens of thousands of acres of environmentally protected lands. And we have a specialized unit of guys and gals that take care of it. We call those the Marine and Environmental Lands Deputies. And we have one of them with us, Deputy Jill Constant. Welcome to 56. Thank you for having me. You've you've gotten a little bit of attention recently, and it's probably our fault. It's Mm -hmm. definitely our fault. It is. It might even call it fame at this point. Fame. Yeah. Fame. It's true. She's going to live forever. Bam. So (laughs) uh, we were thrilled to have Jill to to kind of talk about this because uh, Marine people probably are like, oh, well, Marine, that's got to be your best job, right? You just ride around in the boat all day, see all the sights and the waterways and whatnot, but it's a lot more than that. And they, all of the folks out there, but especially Deputy Constant and a handful of others are all about protecting the people and the animals uh, in and about the waterway and those protected preserves. So I'm looking forward to talking all about that. But first, Ashley has a question. Look at you. You remember this time. She asks this question of all of us, we've never heard the question, so you're not singled out and we're all going to answer it. So Ashley, this is your time to break the ice and get the conversation going. Okay. So Barbie came out this weekend. So um, this might be like a two-part question. We'll see. But what I want to know is, were you a Barbie girl? I mean, I know you probably weren't, but when you were a kid, like was, what was your go-to, you know, toy, I guess? Well, I, I definitely loved Barbie and I had She-Ra with her and Ooh. they had swords and horses and adventures. Yeah. It was, yeah, so it was not like a traditional, they, they had really cool outfits too, but it, it was a very, it was a very adventurous sort of, sort of Barbie oh, yeah. lifestyle. And they did make She-Ra into a show mm-hmm. too. So you got to see the new She-Ra too. Mm. I plug. <laughs> <laughs> so the She-Ra is a, is a character. Mm-hmm. She-Ra, it spun off of He-Man, but then she was her own character, had her own show. And then they did a re- reboot that, um. You can stop and, now. And, I just and, wanted and, to. And, 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 I know, but I'm into it now. Okay, so I was okay. like, no, that's okay. This is like Barnacle Boy and whatever crazy couple episodes ago. Anyway. Electro sorry. Woman Dyna Girl. There it is. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's SpongeBob. Whatever. What whatever. <laughs> whatever. She's not going to reference SpongeBob. Whatever. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> is it my turn? Yeah. Yes. Were you a Barbie yeah, girl? Yeah, yeah. I was not a Barbie girl. 
um, mm. in a Barbie world. Uh, I guess I had uh, I had a lot of toy cars and stuff. I did have some GI Joes and some really like cool helicopters and boats and GI Joe things. Did they do traditional war things or did you expand their storyline? They did traditional war things. Okay. Mm. Yeah, they had guns and whatnot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was not what, cool. What, what's a whatnot? I, I, I no, I, I just, that okay. was, a, I was not prepared for your follow up question. Well, I wanted them to have like a backstory and a home life and what they're fighting for, that kind of thing. No, just, okay. just a free world. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's not that complicated. Right. All right. Especially when you're a kid. Yeah. Jill? This might be surprising to you. And it's going to roll right into <laughs> today's topic. I was not a Barbie girl. <gasps> Surprise. Um, I had an alley, the alligator. That's what I named him. He was a three and a half foot long plastic alligator that I carried with me everywhere. And I had Jurassic Park toys because I loved Velociraptors. Oh, I was nice. actually pretty obsessed. So, <laughs> never owned a Barbie actually. Hmm. Yeah, I did not either. Yeah. I was not. I was not a Barbie girl. My younger sister was, um, but I liked little animal like figurine oh, things. Yeah. I had like. When 101 Dalmatians came out, I had like Pongo and Perdita mm. and I took them everywhere with me. And then I remember having like Flintstone figurines at one point, like that was more so I could make little stories. So those were, you know, in depth and mm. intricate. When she said Jurassic Park, that made me think of it. I did have some toys from the Lost World. I had the little RV thing that goes off the cliff. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I had that. That was cool. Yeah. I'm thinking, I haven't thought about what oh, I played yeah. with when I was a kid yeah. for a while. Yeah. And then there was always fire and stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> of course. Lots, lots, lots and, of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Yeah. That wasn't nearly as scary as some of the others. I've been. No. Has anyone seen the movie yet? Mm-mm. No. No. I will not be attending. I will not be either. I don't see myself I'm, seeing it. I'm good. Okay. So Oppenheimer. Okay. That was good. I'm good. Yeah. I haven't some, seen that yet either. That's some historical context. Well, thank you for asking that great question. So mm -hmm. uh, now we're going we're gonna to get into it uh, with Deputy Jill Constant. Now, I guess we need to go all the way back to the beginning here. So why does Jill Constant want to be a deputy sheriff? Where did you tell me? I want to know everything from the time you were born to, to now. <laughs> Look, everybody's going to tell you it's to, to like help people. Mm -hmm. And that's true. Okay. We all want to help people. Mm -hmm. But if we only wanted to help people, we'd have been firefighters, Right. Right. Why I want to become a deputy sheriff. I want to take bad guys to jail. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. There you go. <laughs> Done. Done. <I> like <laughs> the firefighter thing is, uh, there's a couple of things I could have said but didn't. You controlled because yourself. We might have listeners that are firefighters. Mm -hmm. so. Self-control, really that's right for you. <laughs> all right. Fair, fair point. Fair point. So growing up, how'd you get into all of it? What, what made you decide you wanted to go into law enforcement? So I always wanted to do really something with environmental lands, fish and wildlife, something like that. And that all started with my grandfather. He was a really big impression on me. Uh, I spent a lot of time with him growing up, pretty much every day of the week um, while my parents worked. And we spent a lot of time like hiking, traveling places, being out in the wilderness. And he taught me a lot about the land and taking care of it, taking care of the animals in it, because when you protect and take care of those things, they take care of us and we live longer. And so that was kind of instilled upon me when I was really young. And then in my later childhood, my older brother, who's significantly older than me, became a charter captain. And he is a captain on the Great Lakes up north. 
I'm not from the state. Okay, so you grew up, you grew up, up north. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, in northern Indiana and okay. southern Michigan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's a he's a charter captain up there, and uh, we'd go out fishing all the time. He'd take me, even though I was his little sister. And even though his job is to catch fish for clients, he's always been big on preserving numbers. And when you catch fish, you want to be conservative in what you keep. You don't have to keep everything that you catch. And if you do that, you're just going to deplete numbers. And then, fish to catch. then we don't have fish to catch right. and right. he doesn't have a job. <laughs> and so many guides are like that. So many guides are just you know, as many possible fish as you can get because they think that the numbers are going to make them more popular, make more people want to go out with them. So exactly. That's really, really out of The first time you said guys and I'm like, guides. Whoa, whoa. Guides. Going there already. All right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. And that's totally true. And we see that a lot. People just go out there and they just slaughter fish just to do it because people are going to book with them, but they don't see the long picture. Mm -hmm. They're obviously not in it for long term. Right. Right. Because when you do those things, you start to see the the effects of it. Yeah. So how did you get from, and don't say a car or an airplane, how did (laughs) you get from, from Indiana, Michigan down to Florida? What brought you here? The weather. Yeah. So... I spent, you know, 24 years there, you know, in one spot, went to college up there and there was nothing I hated more than the weather. Horrible. It's the worst thing ever. (laughs) I mean, it is nice, realistically, four months out of the year. The region that I was from, it it, it snows and rains the rest of the time. It's it's just terrible. So (laughs) as soon as like I was in my late teens, I was like, as soon as I graduate college, I'm leaving this place and never come back. (laughs) And I kid you not, <laughs> I kid you not, the week after I graduated college, I packed all my stuff into my car and left. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And said, bye-bye. And you started right <laughs> off here in Pinellas? I or? did. Yeah. 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 What, what made you all pick right. Pinellas? So my brother uh, also has a side job. He's in the car industry. Mm. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a big company he worked for up north that started down here. And they needed somebody to come and work in their like legal department down here. Uh-huh. And so I took a job with them and started working like small claims court for them mm-hmm. until I could get hired with the sheriff's office yeah. because the big thing was like, you needed to be a resident to right. be employed yeah. here. So yeah. I just came down, did that for a little bit to get on my feet and then got hired here a year later. So, so it was always, the sheriff's office was always the goal? Well, I didn't know that at the time. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Like, so, what, what did we have that other people didn't have? What right. Was, yeah. So, uh, up north, okay, the DNR, the Department of Natural Resources, uh, they're called game wardens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're the big dogs yeah. in those states. Yeah. Like, that's the cream of the crop of law enforcement agencies. Everybody wants to go work Make good them. money. They make good yeah. money up there. And so I just thought that's what I needed to do down here uh-huh. because I didn't know any different. You know, we didn't really have marine units, and we definitely didn't have, like, marine environmental lands units mm-hmm. at sheriff's offices up up north. Yeah. It was just like... That was all, all DNR. Yeah. Did all that yeah. Stuff, you yeah. were either a patrol officer or you went to DNR to go mm-hmm. be do game stuff. Yeah. So I just thought I was going to come down here and get in with them. And then I found out how much they make. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. I can't so, live on that. So that equivalent, <laughs> so that equivalent down here would be, would be FWC. Right. Then, Fish and yes, okay. absolutely. For sure. And then I found out that the sheriff's offices in Florida are like totally different. Mm-hmm. The structure of like government down here is just totally different. And that uh, most sheriff's office and bigger police agencies have their own Marine units. Mm-hmm. And those Marine units 
also do fish stuff. They don't just necessarily do like right. patrol. And people don't realize that too. I yeah. mean, we just, we're talking about it because we, we did put out some of the results of, of some of the fishing enforcement stuff that y'all were doing and people don't realize it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and it goes back to, we've mentioned it before, but sheriff's offices are different state to state. They, some parts of the country, the sheriffs are kind of bottom of the totem pole and others like Florida, Florida, California, and Texas are probably the most similar, I would say, as far as the powers and the resources that sheriff's offices have. So, yeah, so you quickly figured that out that the sheriff's office is where you needed to be if you wanted to do that kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. And as soon as I figured that out, which didn't take long, right? <laughs> I was like, that's where I'm going and nobody's stopping me. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and was it that easy? It Did, was that, it really kind of was that easy. Yeah. I mean. Were they sponsoring then? They were not. So I guess I, I should retract my statement. It wasn't <laughs> quite that easy. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't go straight into patrol either. No, right? no. So uh, when I got hired with the agency, they were not sponsoring academies. You had to like put yourself through the academy and then get hired and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So um, when I applied here, I actually took a civilian spot first with the alternative sentencing unit. One of those lame civilians. <sighs> Just the worst. It was a <laughs> tough job. It yeah. really was mm -hmm. like, it taught you a lot of people skills and how to communicate oh, with people yeah. and dealing with people from all sorts of different yeah. classes and backgrounds and stuff like that and dealing with violent offenders a lot. So it got me comfortable with that. Um, so I, I was in ASU for a year and then all of a sudden we started sponsoring people and Hello. I was like, there's my there window of opportunity <laughs> and I went for it. And did you, um, get, did you get in the first class? No. No. Uh, well, Let me tell you about this. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is after she told us how easy it was. All right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> this body can do a lot, but mm -hmm. it ain't meant for running. Uh, <laughs> 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 I totally sympathize. <laughs> yeah. Very, I'm, I consider myself pretty physically fit. <laughs> okay. I can't run. <laughs> I can swim. I cannot run. Okay. So like at all. Oh, uh, I mean, I can, but it's not pretty. Okay. All right. So I'm trying to just might have, to have you take your get up for a second. No. Yeah. Is, so, is this while you're on the, on the boat actually? So that there's no foot pursuits? Yeah. No chance of a foot pursuit at all? Yeah, pretty okay. much. I mean, if, I mean, the oh, less chances I have to like have to get off the boat and run after somebody, uh -huh. the better like, off we Just are. not run fast or you don't know how to coordinate <laughs> yeah. your limbs? Or like to you use to, your <laughs> arms too on the ground yeah, and the, like just, a, just top? <laughs> uh, you know, it just doesn't look good. Okay. <laughs> and also I just, my little legs just don't want to, okay. they're just not built for that. Okay. They're just kind of okay. like, okay. it's not looking good though. Okay. So, okay. so, so pre-hire, they have a physical test. They do. That involves so, running. Yeah. When you're sponsored, you know, they want to make sure that you're going to pass the entire PT yeah. test because as soon as you go to the academy right. day one, you get washed out if you, yeah. you'll get washed out if you don't pass it all. Just, just for our listeners, uh, yeah. when we're yeah, talking we about sponsorship, we're talking about you'll actually be hired uh, by the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. We'll pay for you to go to the academy. And uh, more importantly, and pay you at the academy while you're there. A, a good salary that's a, almost as much almost as, as, much as, as a deputy. the starting deputy salary. Once you graduate, you go right to the starting deputy salary. So mm -hmm. anyway, yes. please continue. Yeah. So uh, the very first sponsored class, I did not pass my the running portion. Uh -huh. Flying colors on all the other portions, running not so much. So they said, work on running. We'll have another sponsored class in a month. Mm -hmm. And they did. And I passed it that time. And the Rocky theme just starts playing for the next few <laughs> months. Yeah. It's running up steps. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, in the academy, it wasn't any better. I mean, we did a lot of running, especially my class, because there were some mischievous individuals. Uh -huh. So we got PT'd a lot. My running really did not get good until the end of the academy. And all of a sudden, I like unlocked something. 
Mm. And then after that, you never ran again. Oh yeah, I got out. And I was like, <laughs> never doing that again. Jokes <laughs> 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 on them. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you have to run like every year for your yeah your annual. Yes. You know. Yeah. And I pass it, no problems. Okay. okay? Let's just clarify that. I just hate my life when I do it. Right. <laughs> and I think like people watching are like, ooh, I can see why she chose to go last. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new career goal now at the sheriff's office, which is to see Deputy Constant run. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. When, yeah. when do you do? What's, what's it? Let's check her hire date. I think it's no. like, uh, I think I, my next one is December 1st. If you want to come out to the tracks. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. We'll do a special segment for I the podcast. This, this <laughs> vision of just flailing arms and yeah, limbs like, uncoordinated. Phoebe on Friends, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just that. remember that scene where she's running yeah. like a child because uh, it's more no, fun. The, the arms are tucked. It's just, the legs are, I, I don't know what's going on. They feel like sacks of concrete, to be honest. I don't know. Not grace. It probably doesn't look very graceful. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm All right. Well, that's what we're know. hoping for when we come out to see it. Yeah. 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 We're going to get our hopes up. Yeah. It sounds like real material. All right. So, saying. <laughs> yeah. You will have a million. The, the legendary Jill Constant run. Here it is. <laughs> ladies, <gonna> do it. <laughs> all right. So you make it. Mm-hmm. You start on patrol as all do. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Great. I loved patrol. Yeah. You know, some people just absolutely hate it. And I didn't leave patrol because I didn't hate it. I loved patrol. Like catching bad guys. Oh, that's great. I'll chase some bad guys guys too. Like I said, it's just not going to be pretty, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to chase them and Mm -hmm. I'm going to catch them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I loved it. I loved working investigations and uh, I really put my heart and soul into it. But I knew where I wanted to end up. And so the second that I could and that there was a spot open in Marine, I applied for Marine. Mm. And you got that right away? No. Easy. No. <laughs> There's going to be a theme here. Okay. Second time's the trouble. Well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Did anything fun happen in patrol for the time you oh, were yeah. there? Any Talk good stories yeah. before um, we move on from patrol? Yeah. What area did you mostly work? Okay. Yeah. So... I was like a float car okay. for okay. 2.5 seconds. That's how fast. And then I had a really great sergeant that I came into contact with, uh, Sergeant Horton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, you have a great personality. I like working with you. There's going to be a city of Seminole car spot opening. Would you like to take it? And I took mm-hmm. it in a heartbeat. Because mm-hmm. if you can get locked down somewhere, great. Yeah. Especially get a sergeant who's going to tr- like teach you and make you a good deputy Mm -hmm. or a great deputy. That's the goal. Right. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he could do that. Mm -hmm. So went to city of Seminole and I was a car for them and, um, had so much fun in squad three. We had like the best squad at the time, like all the deputies in it, we all meshed. And it's so important. It really is important because it just, when you can all mesh, you can work so much more efficiently. Mm -hmm. And you trust each other, and it yeah. feels good. Feels like home, you Fun, know. Right? Yeah. And, it's like uh, I was in PR. Yeah, and and Squad Three, like I don't think people give it enough credit. It's freaking busy. Mm-hmm. It can be real busy, and I didn't have to be like locked down in the city of Seminole. I was able to like go to other people's calls and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And and um, I wasn't out very long, and there was a stabbing. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably oh. been on the road for like, <laughs> I don't know, by myself four weeks or something oh, like wow. that. And there's a stabbing. And what, what happened with that one? Yeah, that was that was exciting. So uh, I'm like the second to arrive on scene, a mm-hmm. little bit still learning my way around. And, you know, I get there and the deputy who's already on scene has somebody pr- proned out on the ground at gunpoint. And um, 
he's just pointing and yelling in a general direction. And I look and there's a person sitting in a car with a door open and his, he's got a knife in his gut. Uh, the, the victim. The, the victim, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh boy. And uh, he, as I'm like running up to the car, he pulls the knife out naturally. I mean, what else would you do (laughs) with a knife? And then like, it's their stuff coming out and not blood. It's like kind of stuff like fat, like a long, a long thing of fat. And I said, oh, we're just going to put that away. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't, what what do you mean? (laughs) Did you like push it back in? What do you mean? So I was like, that doesn't look so good. And there was like a rag. (laughs) Totally hygienic rag. Very hygienic rag, like sitting in the floorboard. Mm. I grabbed something. It was a rag of some sort Uh right there. And I just grabbed it and I just put it against the stomach. It wasn't the dirtiest rag, to be honest. Okay. And like in hindsight, yeah, should I have ran back to my car and got the, of course, of course, of course, yeah, in hindsight. Better but, than like a Civil War battle, battlefield. But you know, it's, I just yeah. like didn't want him to die. It was like my focus. <laughs> Solid. I mean, I, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and course. I thought, okay. And he was kind of acting like he was going to die. Uh-huh. So I was like, or do you just hang on there, buddy. Right. <laughs> so uh, long story short. It turns out uh, he was not the victim. He was the perpetrator. And oh. uh, he actually tried to rob the homeowner in the, uh, with a butter knife. Well, he was there and then tried to rob him. He grabbed a knife oh. off the homeowner's like microwave. And then the homeowner uh, grabbed a better knife mm. and stabbed him. Yeah, he had the steak knife. <laughs> he had the steak yeah, knife. Never bring a so butter the, knife so to a steak knife technic- fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, so he technically was... Uh, yeah, that's, so that's a good point, though, because you hear a stabbing, you see someone that's stabbed. But, You're going to think right. that's the yeah. victim. Yeah, and that, I mean, he was a victim of a stabbing, but he yeah. kind of had it coming. Yeah, yeah. you show up yeah. to these calls, and you don't always have totally clear information, right? No, yeah. and on this particular call, if I recall, all we had was that there had been an altercation. It was like an mm-hmm. assault in progress. I don't even think it was like an armed person in progress. Huh. So it was kind of chaotic when I got there that, like, there was a person stabbed and there was a person prone down on the ground. And I was like, holy smokes, what just happened? Yeah. But yeah, it turns out um, the bad guy was the stabbing victim, but he, <laughs> he uh, you know, deserved it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. don't don't uh, take people's stuff. Don't break yeah. into yeah. the house. But that is take a good... Butter knife. That, is, <laughs> that is, I mean, <laughs> you know, with all the technology we have and all the information we have at our disposal, it is a good point and a, a point of discussion that especially in the heat of the moment, law enforcement doesn't always have all the information Mm -hmm. and that is never going to change because it's always going to be despite. I mean, now, you know, you figure whoever had called uh, 911, so they're dispatching there. And and these days we have deputies in the car. They've got live 911 where they're hearing the calls come in in real time. But yeah, that's a relatively s- recent thing. That is, yeah. but you still only know whatever the person is telling right. you. And that could be a person that is directly involved or a bystander and you just don't know. Or the or bad could, guy changing the totally, changing exactly. the story. Yeah. yeah, it could be someone just making it up to paint whatever picture they I'm want. I'm still visualizing you telling a guy to put his innards back. Though, <laughs> I know. I was like, what, do you, what is he <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, so back then we didn't have body cams we just had Coban mm-hmm. which is a mm-hmm. mic pack and I think my sergeant even reviewed my mic, mic pack and was like did you tell him to put it we'll just put that away <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did yeah. <laughs> I said we're just gonna put uh, that back <laughs> yeah. should in, in, the inside in. shouldn't be outside yeah. Yeah, the inside should never be on the outside um, no 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 <laughs> 
Oh, uh, I heard you were a pretty detailed report writer. Yes. I can do a lot of words. And <laughs> some people aren't very appreciative of how many words I can really write. The people have to read all your reports <laughs> and approve all your reports. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. The thorough's good. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was, tr- you know, I had a great FTO when I first started and she told me probably the best advice, the better you write, the less you're in court mm-hmm. or like the less you're going to get hemmed up to, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so far that is like proved to be true. When I have gone to court, my reports have saved me, mm-hmm. but I write very detailed reports. I leave no stone unturned. And uh, I definitely had some supervisors that said, hey, your reports are great, but is there any way you'd, you could put less words? Do you have like an audiobook version? So I yeah. just to it. He's um, like, uh, I had somebody tell me, uh, it, it took me like 45 minutes to read one of your reports. And I was like, it was a death investigation. What do you want from me? Yeah, it kind of has to be long. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you got a, clear visual of what was mm. going on in there. <laughs> Gotta paint the picture. You really do. Oh. Yeah. Any other good stuff with patrol? Yes. So um we went to an armed person call and it uh this is probably one of the sketchiest calls that I went to in patrol before I left. And uh this individual was saying uh he he, the homeowner, was he was armed with an AR and AK. Mm-hmm. So he was armed with an AR or AK and the reason he was armed is because there was somebody trying to break into his house and they were also armed with a gun Wow! and there were, there were multiple people uh-huh. and given the neighborhood, this call came out in, it seemed totally plausible. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem so far fetched at all. And the call notes were not like convoluted at first. It was pretty cut and dry. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's party, you know, go lights and sirens there. And like, as we're getting, as we're arriving on scene, the call notes start getting a little bit more funky, but now you're kind of like running towards the scene and just not really paying attention to how funky things are coming out on the air. And so my sector partner at the time, who is now my husband, we were the first two to arrive on scene and uh, we like apparently the bad guys are in the, the backyard, right? And so we're like taking quick peeks in the backyard to see like, if we see anything, mm-hmm. we see nothing. And we're like, okay, that's weird. And so we go around to the other side of the backyard. And then the call notes start getting really interesting. Now the bad guys are wearing green and have ARs. Well, that's weird. I'm wearing green and I have an AR. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the oh shit happened. I was like, <laughs> We're the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. Uh, uh-huh. And I don't remember if I grabbed Nathan or he grabbed me, but we beat feet backwards. And then we were like, all right, everybody just needs to set a perimeter because we have something else that's going on here. Yeah. And mm. we don't know what that something else is. This guy can is. obviously see you guys he very can clearly. see us, but we can't see him. And he may be not in his right mind because Sounds now like. he's talking about us. So uh, we ended up hailing him to come outside and uh, he does end up coming outside, leaves the gun inside Mm. and uh, he ends up being super high on all sorts of drugs. He thought he was taking Xanax, but when we tested the Xanax, it did not come back positive for that. They were fake Xanax. So there was something else. Uh, It was like MDMA or something like that. So he's completely hallucinating. Not what you need when you're trying to chill out yeah. with some Xanax. Yeah, he, he was- So there was never anybody in his backyard. Yeah. There was never anybody. And then 
we went back into the call notes like after like we had detained this person and what had not been aired over the radio is that the some of the weird stuff, which was like the people were wearing flowers. Mm. That would have been a clue. Mm. Yeah, that would have been a clue. Yeah. But like when you have so many call notes coming out, the dispatchers can't necessarily air everything. They try to air as much as possible, sure. but like they some things get missed. Yeah. And so we didn't really get the full effect of like how crazy this person was, or we probably would have picked up on it. Um, but uh, let's just say we took his guns and uh, we submitted an RPO hmm. to permanently take his guns and he accepted it and told uh-huh. us at the RPO hearing saved my life. So he's like, because I don't know what would have happened and you could have shot me and you didn't. See. I'm like, well, firefighters don't get to hear that. No, no. <laughs> could have shot me and you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> but it was the hairiest situation. I mean, he he could have easily killed us. Mm. Oh, yeah. Lesson learned on that one. Good thing you were listening to the radio carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or somebody I was. I mean, I was, but you know what I mean? It just, next time, the lesson learned here is slow down. What's the rush? Yeah. You know, I think the rush for us was like, we thought for sure this person was about to be a home invasion. Mm-hmm. And we were just trying to prevent That's that. That's how it sounded when the call came it out. It did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But in hindsight, we should have slowed down a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. oopsies, oopsies that didn't turn out horrible. Yeah. yeah. Luckily. Could have gone, gone much yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Maureen, then the opening comes. The opening comes. And at this point, I haven't been in patrol very long. Mm-hmm. And yeah. let's just talk about getting into Marine. Like, it's not like a female environment. Like it's just, kind of a boys club by reputation. A, anyway. By reputation, it was yeah. a boys club. And when I, I always said in the academy, like, hey, I'm trying to go to Marine because they always ask you, what are your aspirations? Yeah. I was told by everybody I ever came in contact with, that's never going to happen. That's a good old boys club. They don't let women in there. And when they do, it doesn't end well. Hmm. And I'm just like, okay, cool story. Still doing it. <laughs> So, So, uh, the opening comes and, um, I apply and I did really great on the tryout, but, uh, they picked another coworker of mine first. Mm -hmm. And then the second opening came and they called me right away for the second opening. But, uh, during my interview, you know, they ask you like, why do you want to come here? And then you, you have the opportunity to like give some closing statements. And I just flat out said to them. (laughs) hey, you might not give this position to me now, but I promise you I'm never going to stop interviewing. I'm going to keep coming back and you're going to be forced to take me at some point. (laughs) (laughs) And like everybody in the room started genuinely laughing. Uh They were like, okay. okay." And I'm like, no, I'm serious. (laughs) (laughs) This will be a problem. (laughs) I love it. So they took you just to keep you from interviewing. (laughs) They're like, okay, this girl's crazy. (laughs) She might have a shot. Let's go. Uh, that's great but hey you know what you want yeah 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 and i made sure that was clear yeah and we we have had a handful of women in in marine i think before you were a couple right one yeah i was like is it just just uh, rita just rita bishop yeah oh i thought Mm -hmm. and now there's dinah oh now okay i thought Mm -hmm. okay that was like the same time when did you come in when dinah came in she came in after me like like a year and a half after me yeah i got it i pay attention i pay attention you're close you tried Yeah. yeah i tried so in a way, I hesitate to ask this question because, you know, when we had Major Arnold on here, we didn't say, so Major, what is it like to be a male <laughs> Major? <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't do that. But right. 
I do feel compelled to ask, what, what is it like being a female in law enforcement, female in Marine? Are there any special challenges, anything that, that makes your job easier being a woman? And then, you know, would you recommend this job for women? Yeah, so I would have recommended it for a woman. We can do anything that a man can do. We just may have to modify Except how Ron. we do it. Oh, wait, no, that's just you. Oh, no, that's just you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you just might have to modify how you do things, uh -huh. you know, especially like in Marine, because like we do a lot of heavy lifting and stuff. And uh, I come up with all sorts of crafty ways to get heavy objects out of the water. <laughs> so, um, But, you know, being a woman in a male-dominated field, you have to not take things so personally, mm -hmm. to be honest, and uh, be able to hold your own and be confident in what you know and really know it. And then people can't walk on you. Yeah. So um, in Marine, I've had the really the only challenges are where do you go to the bathroom, right? So that I wanted to ask about because that's a big concern whenever you're on the water. Yes. <laughs> right. Not as easy oh. for you as perhaps for a man. Right, right. So... Um, you have to find out where the nearest bathroom is, like where the nearest marina is. And it's not like the end of end of life. But I think I just stay perpetually dehydrated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to use the bathroom if I don't drink water. Hey, mm -hmm. There you go. Right? It's my so, road trip plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so when I get in in the morning, <laughs> I use the bathroom before I go on the boat. And then I just very slowly consume water all day long. And I mean, very. Meanwhile, my male coworkers are like, love this gallon jug of water. It's great. I feel great. My skin's great. And I'm like, mm, and you're trying to keep, nice. keep, keep the water intake exactly equal to the yeah. sweat. Right. Yeah. Outgoing. To, <laughs> right. so there's, there's no, there's no right. surplus that's yeah. going to have to come so out. Just perpetually dehydrated. Yeah. Um, and it's funny when I, when I first started, I had uh, like a male FTO for, I had Mike, of course, mm -hmm. but um, I, for a day or two, another male deputy subbed in for him mm -hmm. and we're out in the boat and we're like out in the middle of the Gulf. And I say, I just point a general direction. I said, will you, will you take me to the bathroom? And he looks at me and he goes, um, and he's like whispering. He's like, I don't think I can do that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Please take me to the bathroom. And I point again. And he's like, Jill, I, I don't think I can do that. I think I'd get in trouble. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're trying to like hang off the back of the boat. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm pointing to the Anklote River boat ramp over there. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll take you. I'm like, so I'm, I'm trying to get, so you had an image in your head that I was just going to like, what, pull down my pants and hang over the side of the boat? Like that uh, wouldn't work. Uh, He's like, well, that's what I was thinking too. But then I was thinking, oh my God, there's going to be an AI investigation. <laughs> Well, no, that's not what I had in mind. So. Uh, and then we like get back to the marina and he tells Sarge this and he's like laughing so hard. He's crying. He's like, I, he's like, I think that would be pretty messy, Jay, don't you? He's like, well, that's what I was concerned with. <laughs> so um, I really think that the women in marine need an uh, agency issued Shiwi. If I can yes. get one of those, please, to the powers that be here listening. Uh, ask Nicole and see if they make those in dark yeah. green. <laughs> promo I mean, item. I don't know. My, yeah. It's a my, camping my, promo mine is item. The, the mandatory pink, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
because I mean, truthfully, when you're on these like call outs, when you are trying to recover somebody and you're out there for 19 hours straight or what have you, you can't just like leave and go to the bathroom. So if I could get a shiwi, that'd be great. Thank you, sir. (laughs) I'm betting they can arrange that. That'd be great. I just want to write that memo. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing else. That's it. That's just, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So talk about, talk a little bit about, um, what the tryout is like for Marine. What do you have to be able to do to get in the Marine? Not running, I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, thank God they didn't have to witness that. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely wouldn't have gotten it. If you would have run at them while saying I'm never going to stop trying, they oh, probably yeah. would have taken it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, whatever that looks like. I'm just going to keep this image in my head or whatever that looks like. Yeah, so you have to, you have to tread water for five minutes. I'm out. And then uh, at, immediately after treading water, then you have to swim. And I, I don't know, was, was it 300 meters or something maybe? Okay. Oh, is this open is water it, this now or is this in like a pool? A, oh, this is in a pool? No. No? No, mine this was just, just out in, in... Mine was in the ICW, the okay. intercoastal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the Salt Rock Grill is next uh-huh. door to us. So we have to swim down there and then swim back. Okay. And they're like, it's not a race. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it is. Mm-hmm. Because... I might not be able to run, but I can swim. And yeah. this is with gear on. Yeah. No, 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 okay. no, no. Just, just, just bathing suit. And, just bathing yeah. suit. Yeah. Got it. I outswam everybody. I passed all 10 people that I applied Ha-ha. with. Bye-bye. Um, and then you have to climb up on a boat unassisted, like mm-hmm. no, no ladder or anything. Mm-hmm. You have to cl- pull yourself up onto the boat. No problems with that either. Um, so that, and then you have to do, you have to drive a boat as part of your uh, evaluation. So you just, so, so people who come into Marine have to already know how to drive a boat. Yeah. I was like, I, I thought you don't have to look, you don't have to be like a master operator. <laughs> just don't wreck the boat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're expected to, uh, safely back up the boat, drive it up the intercoastal, you know, observe all signage along the way, dock the boat, then drive oh. the boat back and dock, dock it again. Dang. Twice. Two dockings. Yeah. Which dockings boat are you are... using? Because we've got all kinds of boats. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> we switch it up every time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it, uh, it's historically been Marine One, which is a 25-foot uh, center console, which is our contender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and it's twin engines. Mm-hmm. So which all... makes things more complicated. Sometimes. No. Well, if you don't know what you're doing, yes. Right. Yeah. But in now, there's nothing better than twin engines or triple engines. Mm-hmm. The more engines you have, the better it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just the man- maneuvering a vessel mm-hmm. becomes so much easier because mm-hmm. uh, you just have more horsepower and you can do all sorts of fancy things with it. So um, so that's what you have to do. You have to pass all those things. Okay. And like I said, like you're not look, they're not looking for perfection. They just don't wreck the boat. Right. You know? And also they want to know, can you like, you have somebody on the boat with you and they'll kind of walk you, like if you don't know how to dock a boat, they'll kind of verbally walk you through Mm -hmm. what you Mm -hmm. should do. And they're trying to see if you can pay attention and follow instructions Mm -hmm. because the entire FDO process is going to be literally that. Right. Right. Because this is not training. This is just the tryout. You still have all the formalized of all this stuff, right? Yes. So that's the tryout. Hmm. And you obviously Hmm. did well. I did. Yeah. So yeah. you had driven a boat before or like, yeah. I mean, I know your brother, but yeah, but I had never driven, uh, the boats that we drove, like the boats that we have. Okay. I had either like driven his, uh, Ranger, which is a bass boat, or I'd like driven his huge fishing cabin boat in a straight line. <laughs> 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 okay. 
at slow speeds. Right. <laughs> gotcha. But I've never like docked a boat and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but I do own a did. I sold it yesterday. Oh. Jet ski. I own a jet ski. Did. So I had like boating knowledge and I yeah. knew how to do certain things, but I didn't, I wasn't great. Hmm. Yeah. So what's the, what's the process then with, obviously there's FTO, just like when you hit the road mm -hmm. for the first time, what is that like? Yeah. So FTO is a little bit different than on the road because like on the road you have phases and you got to pass each phase. Um, and Marina is a little bit more relaxed. You kind of learn at your own pace. Mm -hmm. You're expected to kind of be squared away by the end. Like if you're not squared away by the end of month three, there's a problem. Hmm. Like they kind of, there's kind of that unwritten rule there, you know, Monthly, you, sh yeah, you, you know, you should be learning. You should have pretty much learned. What Making progress. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So with me specifically, there was a little bit of a rush. We were, we were short staffed at the time. We didn't have all the people that we have now mm -hmm. and we were going, I was hired at the very beginning of January and the whole thing was like, by March 1st, she needs to be on her own and ready to go for spring break. So they put me with the hardest FTO possible. I think that was- uh, who, who, was, who was that? It was Mike Ficcicelli. <laughs> and he was great. Okay. Hi, Mike. Um, <laughs> 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 he, uh, he was tough. You yeah. know, he was, he's like- But that can be good. It is. Yeah, tough, is good. It's, yeah. tough is the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should be tough because you don't want to bake mistakes mistakes out there or anywhere can cost you your life mm -hmm. so he just had an expectation that like you need to listen to everything i tell you to do and you're going to do it exactly the way i tell you to do it and if you don't mm -hmm. i'm gonna make you feel like crap <laughs> and that <laughs> was, was very, effective. His word. <laughs> very effective uh. <laughs> so so um i was kind of like thrown to the wolves a little bit and it worked out great we got along fine mm-hmm and I turned out to not be a good boat operator. In my opinion, I think I'm pretty a great operator. So, yeah. So just a little bit for context where we mm -hmm. get too far into Marine here. So talk to us a little bit about just like the general structure of Marine and environmental lands and, and how it mm -hmm. works. So, you know, things like, are you on a boat by yourself? Or are there, mm -hmm. you know, are you out with a partner? You know, mm -hmm. how do the shifts kind of work? Tell us a little bit about that first. Okay, so uh, we are a full-time Marine unit. There's, I don't know, 12 of us. I'm just throwing out a number here. Sounds good. Sounds no, right. I think that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> okay, so there's like 10 in marine, and then there's two designated for environmental lands. And so they're mm -hmm. in our preserves and stuff like that. The 10 of us that are in marine, um, we work from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m., and that's two separate shifts. So there's like a daytime shift, and then there's the evening shift. And the daytime is from... 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then the evening shift is from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. So it's a little bit of overlap. A little bit of overlap. Mm -hmm. Everybody on day shift works alone on a boat. So one person on a boat. And then the people on night shift, there's two people assigned to a boat. And that's for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. Obviously, lower visibility mm -hmm. and yeah. more hands on deck. So you're pretty much always by yourself. Yeah. Are you day shift? I am now, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like back to the how people think marine is. I mean, it is very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah. I mean, at any given time. So let me back up a little bit again. At any given time, uh, how is the structure as far as uh, units? Like, how many are on the water and, and so forth? You're making me give up the secret squirrel. That's all right. There's all of us. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
realistically, there's three people on. So three vessels. Three vessels on. Yeah. So imagine three deputies for all of Pinellas County, you yeah. know, on the water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's when things go bad, they go real bad, and you're not going to be there in four minutes. Yeah. It takes yeah, time. Yeah. Especially yeah. leaving out of the intercoastal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to go oh, yeah. a long way around everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's something you have to be cognizant of when you're out there. Like, where is your backup? Realistically, your backup is 30 minutes away from you. And that's them driving all as fast as they possibly can to get to you. Mm-hmm. So you better really be able to handle yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, keep the situation under control or have the, the, the integ not the integrity, but like the peace of mind to know that when you can't win, you can't win this battle with mm-hmm. somebody and maybe you need to retreat. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the only safe option is swallowing your pride and retreating until backup yeah. can get to you. Right. And you got to know the difference and when it's appropriate for each, each moment. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's something that's talked about, you know, for citizens Academy, when we're talking about use of force things and deputies responding to things like, you show up with a warrant for somebody and there's one deputy and five or six people that are saying, yeah, he's, he's not coming with you tonight or she, uh, you don't have to get them right then you can come back. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. same concept. Yeah. No, they be. are, know where they live. And so I'm wondering yeah. if that, um, I'm over the place cause it's fascinating. That has to impact the way that you consider use of force on the oh, water. water? Right? Oh, water. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, think about a taser in the water. Well, that seems to be like a no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are things you have to consider. Right. Um, and, and you going in the water. I mean, that, oh. th- that's like automatically a deadly force situation yeah. if, if somebody gets you in the water, right? Yeah, I mean, you can drown in like six inches of water, Yeah. let alone like, uh, literally, I mean, if your head is face down, if you're unconscious face down in the water, you're drowning. Yeah. Oh yeah, I right. can do that probably. In a bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you were like, I'm not Especially too. you, Rick. Well, I'm yeah. yeah, especially me. Yeah, so as soon, if, if you're fighting with somebody and all of a sudden you end up in the water, you're at deadly force because there is a very likely prob- probability you're going to drown. Yeah. Mm. And you've got to take that in consideration. So let me tell you, verbal judo, mm. that is your biggest friend out there, mm-hmm. knowing how to talk to people. I mean, if somebody has bad intent for you, they do. That's what it is. You know, right? and you better yeah. be ready mm-hmm. for whatever's coming. But yeah. yeah. And well, one thing that's amazing to think of is that almost everybody is armed yes. on the water. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, because oh, as long yeah. as you're fishing, you can yeah, open, you carry. Can open yeah. carry. People have guns. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. has a knife, at mm-hmm. least one knife. Oh, yeah. Everybody has a gun or a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Scary. Mm-hmm. So how, how frequent are those instances? It's probably not a frequency thing, but I mean, most of the stuff, obviously, you're out to deal with it, and I will talk about it, but mm-hmm. you know, vessel stops and, of course, a lot of environmental enforcement type things. Mm-hmm. But how often do things get rowdy out there yeah, with like those sorts of situations. Or, yeah. I mean, beyond the, a bunch of people that have had too much to drink and probably not picked the right captain, yeah. but beyond that, I mean, how, how, how frequent is that? I mean, how, how many have you experienced it? Uh, others? I mean, what? Yeah. So I've gone to lots of domestics on the water and stuff like that. I've never had a use of use of horse in the three years I've been in Marine. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. Yeah. Verbal yeah. judo. Yeah. Verbal judo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so I've never had anybody fight me when I've gotten there. People have gotten mouthy with me or kind of resisted a little bit, but nothing crazy. Mm. Um, And I think they know, I think, you know, even the perpetrators know, hey, if 
they want to, they can dunk me in the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. goes both ways. And I, I promise you, if it came to that, you know, they would go right into the water mm-hmm. and they can swim out there and I'll save them when they're tired. Mm-hmm. I won't let them drown, but they're going to get tired first if they want to play that game. Mm-hmm. So thankfully it's never had to come to that. That's good. But yeah, uh, you'd be surprised like how many domestics happen out there on these mm-hmm. sailboats and cabin boats that are like anchored permanently. So we get called to those quite frequently or there'll be like little wars between the sailboats. They'll start like stealing each other's crap, <laughs> cutting each other's anchors lines and stuff, mm. stealing yeah. each other's boats all together. Oh. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, it's like wow. babysitting children sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I with mean, knives and guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With knives and guns. And yeah. Yeah. What would um, be like the most common call you guys respond to out there? Is there, mm. is there one that kind of stands out as being the most common or? Really, it's probably going to be like domestics. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Across the board, generally in Marine? Mm, oh, no. I mean, yeah. water rescues are like our okay. most common. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about the liverboard sailboats. Yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. Well, but yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. meant just like in Marine overall. Oh, so. no, in Marine overall, it's definitely going to be water rescues or derelict vessels. Mm. And that was a big, that was a big thing. Oh yeah. Really the last year Mm -hmm. kind of been working on because you, when you drive over, you know, Tom Stewart or some of the different bridges, you may see boats sitting over there and Mm -hmm. different uh, municipalities. And depending on what water they're sitting in, depends on if you can leave the boat there, how long, and it's, it's all different and it's been quite a mess, but been pretty proactive with it. I think you guys have, have made a big uh, dent in it out there getting it cleaned up. Yeah, it, we've definitely gotten it locked down compared to what it was. Um, they're still turning up, you know, they just all of a sudden appear overnight sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I was just, when I was just out with you guys a couple weeks back, a few weeks back, uh, mm-hmm. there was a boat that was a hurricane boat from down South that showed up all of a sudden. I think that somebody had purchased or whatever, and it just popped up there. Yeah. So and he's guys, gone again. Oh, is it, so you guys spent yeah. a lot of time just kind of going around and, and meeting who's who. Cause another time, I think when we were in the midst of starting to do the enforcement, I just thought it was so funny how, you all knew all the people on all the boats, like first name basis, and they were all like mm-hmm. cartoon characters. <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, that's just crazy Joe, you know. And he, you go over there and knock on the boat, and this crazy guy comes out of the boat, and I'm like, wow. It's there still, it it's still uh, like that. Yeah, no, I think it's great. That's that's just part of it. It's just another dynamic out there. So, yeah. so, so you guys, what's go ahead, Laura? Uh, Sorry, I, was gonna, I wanted to talk about water rescues. Mm-hmm. Why do they go out in those conditions? I can't. Because then you have to go out in those conditions. I know. I can't wrap my head around it myself. It's crazy. What What are some of the, the worst conditions you've been out in? I would say the worst. I've been out in eight, like eight foot seas. Yeah. I've been out in some. That, that was for a rescue? For a rescue. Yeah. yeah for what was sure. that about? Um, <laughs> so this 19 foot center council with a single engine decided to go like 40 miles offshore fishing. Right. Uh-huh. Apparently he didn't look at the marine weather forecast because there was a horrible storm that came in and he got in to about 15 miles offshore when he started like taking on water and both of them were, it was so rough and they were so seasick that they were, they were basically incapacitated Wow. and they could no longer drive their boat because their boat, when they would try to drive it would like sink. So they called for help and uh, the Coast Guard said for some reason that they were not going to respond. Too rough for the Coast Guard. I guess so. Yeah. 
<laughs> you don't have to say that. We'll say that. Yeah, we'll say it. Okay. So I don't know why they, they uh-huh. weren't available to respond, okay. but they said they weren't responding. And my thought was, well, that is absolutely not our jurisdiction. 15 miles, we can, we're supposed to only respond nine miles offshore. That's state water. So yeah. um, I was way outside, but I was like, if we don't go, they're probably going to die. Mm-hmm. And then we heard the FD, they're going to go. And I'm like, oh, we're definitely not just letting uh, FD go. Let me tell you this. And we are going. Now it's a race. <laughs> yeah. It is a race. And they don't have a huge boat, right? They no. Don't have, so I don't know what like, they the were thinking either like because they had like some like 27 foot, 25 foot maybe little cabin type boat. Mm-hmm. And they were going to go out in these seas. Uh, and I'm like, I just don't think they're going to make it. FD is going to end up. What I was really thinking in my mind is we're going to end up saving FD and this mm-hmm. these other people, mm-hmm. to be honest. So... We go and... Um, what boat do you take? We took... Like the safe boat? Yes, we took the safe boat. Yeah. Which we is a boat t- brand, by the way. It's a boat oh. brand. <laughs> oh, is it? It is. I'm just thinking that one with the enclosed... Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we were in the enclosed boat. I was trying to remember if we were in the, the bigger one, but no, yeah. we were in the enclosed one, um, which is great. Like, it'll keep you dry, but much rougher ride because it is shorter in length. Mm-hmm. But that was what we were in. And so we get out there and um, I had like an oh shit moment because I was like this is bad mm-hmm. eight foot seas you said yeah it was bad wow. are you on your own no I was with Brandon okay. so I was on the evening shift at this time okay so the sun was going down when the call came out uh-huh. and all I could uh-huh. think of is and it like it takes you a while to get out there oh my God. yeah and seas like that it's gonna take a long time mm-hmm. and all I could think of is like okay let's just not sink this boat Right, <laughs> so, and those boats are supposed to be unsinkable. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, right? But we don't say so that. So is the Titanic. Like, the Titanic. I mean, you know, well, <laughs> bad juju. But I mean, these yeah. things can—they can roll like 360 <laughs> degrees in the water yeah. and keep floating. But oh, you don't yeah. want to be rolling 360 degrees. Right. No. Yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Do it. You'd rather not be in that all. boat. Yeah. But my but biggest those, thing was like, in, have shock absorbers in the seats yeah, and things. Yeah, and they, have, they have shock springs seats, so it's it's great. Um, kind of. It doesn't quite save the vertebrae in the back, but yeah. maybe a little bit. That's why you got so many of them. <laughs> Spare a couple. Just like use fingers. them, yeah. 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 So uh, all I could think of is like, look, we just need to make it, we need, just need to find them before the sun goes all the way down. Mm-hmm. Because when the seas are eight feet, your bow is going straight up and it's coming straight down Ooh. and you can't see what's on the other side of that wave. Yeah. And even though we have radar on our boat and it, just to clarify, radar on a boat is not weather radar. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's radar that's picking up uh, structure in front mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. and it's meant for like low visibility. Well, the radar was confused and the charts were confused because what the radar is doing is when the boat goes straight it's up, going it's facing backwards. Now. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just spit like the radar on the screen is just spinning in circles. Uh. So you don't know what direction you're going. You don't know what, you don't know anything really. You're just going by sight. So I was like, we just got to make it out there and find them and get them on the boat. And then I can figure out my way back. Like, I don't care about that. And we'll slow down. And um, when they give you, when they dispatch you these calls, they don't always have good coordinates. In fact, Mm -hmm. they don't have coordinates. So in like this instance, um, the person did not have a VHF radio. So he did not know his coordinates at all. Okay. He was calling from a cell phone. So we had like rough coordinates from the cell phone, mm-hmm. but those coordinates we get on cell phones, they do not translate over to Marine technology. Mm-hmm. You have to use a coordinates converter and get the coordinates and put them into your So, so you're GPS. doing math while I'm you're driving the safe boat fast through eight foot seas. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. And, and the goal is always to try to figure out the coordinate situation before you get out into the eight foot seas. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> once you're out there, it is not and fun. If, I mean, <laughs> you would have never, if the whole boat oh. went down, you'd have never known. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, you do math and you put those in and then it's never like perfect, mm-hmm. the trans, the coordinate translator, but it's close. And I'm like, you know what? It looks about 15 miles. I bet this is pretty close. So we get out there and we do find them. And um, it's bad. And uh, I was really questioning, how are we going to get these people on the boat yeah. without crushing yeah. them? Yeah. And crushing the boat. I don't even remember how we did it, but it, it was, they got onto FD's boat because the biggest thing is we thought they needed medical attention. And in hindsight, they did. They had to get like IV and stuff. But so they get them off the boat. And then we're looking at this boat and it's like, this boat's going to be a total loss if we leave it out here. Yeah. And usually we don't like care about property, people first, property later. And I'll never make this choice again, but me and Brandon, we were a little, little ballsy. And so I was like, let's just try to tow it. And he was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to jump up onto it. <laughs> and then I'm going to tie the tow rope off to the front. And then I'm going to jump back onto the boat. I'm like, sounds great. Don't die. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Were there body cams at this point? Because that would be fun to see. Yes, I think there was. So I get up to, I get, we get up to the boat and Brandon leaps and ends up on this boat. And it was, it was super sketch. I thought he was, I'm not going to lie. I honestly thought at one point that he was going to die. I was, yeah, I will never make this decision again, but it all worked out. He get he gets the boat tied off. And then we get him back onto our boat. And he was like, dude, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's not do that again. <laughs> so now was it like still actively raining and stuff? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, t- it's terrible out. And now we're like, we are just like moments from not having sunlight. And he's like, all right, so we're going to have to go slow. I said, oh, no, honey, we're not going slow. <laughs> we are going to do the fastest long line tow you've ever seen in the history of America. Yeah. I'm probably going to set a world record uh, here in right. a second. And I think I, I think I did like 30 miles an hour while towing this boat behind me. And it was leave, leave it out there or try. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, why not? And, and to clarify, like before we did something like reckless like this because you could you could lose the vessel in the mm. process mm-hmm. of this we asked permission from mm. the other yeah. from from the owner to mm. do this and I, because he knew that if we didn't attempt he was going to lose it anyway right so um i am just hauling ass with this thing behind me and every few minutes i'd ask brandon how's it doing back there <laughs> he's like looking good <laughs> like, like, perfect <laughs> so uh we made we made it all the way back to the boat ramp and um, once the um, the owner was cleared from FD, he mm-hmm. came and met us at the boat ramp, and he you know thanked us, and he was so grateful. And he's like, "Do either of you want to buy a boat?" <laughs> he said he was done with boating he was after done. that. Yeah, he said that was the scariest moment of his life. He I thought bet. for sure he was going to die, and honestly, he he probably would have. They didn't yeah. have, they did not have PFDs. So oh, they they had um they had a throwable. They only had one PFD, and the, the, I think the father was wearing it, so they would have drowned. Wow! But and that was scary. It was yeah. scary for us, and it was scary for them. Mm-hmm. So, if you, like really, the scariest thing that happens out in Marine is all weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like lightning storms. Do you guys go out in those? It's up to the captain's discretion. Okay. Yeah. So, if it's a really severe lightning storm, I'm not going. Yeah. I can't save anybody if I die in the process. Yeah. Right. And 
they don't happen like terribly often. You know, there's lightning and storms. Yeah, okay. I'm going for in things mm-hmm. like that. But when it's like, you know, whatever, something already does 100 strikes a second or a yeah. minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not going. I'm not going to die. Yeah. I'm not going to kill my crew members because uh, you decided to take your boat out. Yeah. Right before storms. Right. Can't. But I'll go the second when the, you know, that clears up or the conditions get better. But weather is definitely the scariest thing that can happen out there. Mm. And fog, which is weather, obviously. But people don't think about it. I've been in fog that, like, I got so nervous that my hands were sweating because you could not see four feet in front of you. Yeah. And I was like, not worried about my driving. It's worried. I'm, you're worried people. about other people oh, yeah. because they get stuck in it and they panic. And so they just like full throttle. No, it. they don't. Yes, they do. <laughs> what? Yes, they do. And they don't have radar. So I can see them coming, you know, uh-huh. I can see them coming on my radar and you're like, okay, something's moving towards me. And that is the scariest thing that can ever possibly happen. To Holy you. crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why you can, that, see, why people panic? And they, they just, like, some people are smart. They panic, but, you know, they th- put it down an anchor. But some people panic. They don't even think it to put down an yeah, anchor. Yeah, I mean, it's going to pass. Just Yeah. Yeah. Full speed ahead into I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Maybe a yeah, house, that's, that's maybe a person. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. But I'm getting out of here. <laughs> like, you, it, yeah. What? Speaking of hitting houses with boats, did you see that Lake of the Ozarks deal with that triple engine boat yeah. that hit the house? Like, yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. that was, that was yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So not having PFDs, that's bad. Really uh, bad yeah. one, and that is one of the things that you all check for when you do a vessel stop. Yep. Yep. So uh, one thing that people don't realize, I think, is that uh, you all can stop a boat for any reason at any time, uh, which is quite different than the traffic stops. So yes. talk about vessel stops a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So we have the right to stop you uh, anytime to conduct a safety inspection. And uh, you're going to need like PFDs, a type four throwable, flares if you're out in like open water, the Tampa Bay, something like that. Uh, noise noise making device. Noise making device. Which I just, you just told me it was so cool that, that your gun can be your noise making device. Yes, it can. That's a U.S. Coast Guard approved noise making device. Really? Crazy. So if I'm in distress, I can just go out there and pop bam. one off. Yeah. yeah. Wild. To get your attention. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that on land. Nope. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, can things are going to happen. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah I, I just think it's funny because uh, vessel stops are the most to me because I've obviously I've been out with Marine a few times more than a few times. They're the most awkward thing ever. <laughs> right. Because oh, so awkward because it's like you, it depends on who you're stopping. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people it's like this guy's a moron because he was doing something egregious, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but then these other times, like these people are just having a great time. And then Captain Buzz Killington comes rolling up. We all just, <laughs> we just sit there and stare at you. Everybody's, you know, while we basically yeah. potentially ruin your day, if you don't have mm-hmm. what, uh, you're what you have. have, but you yeah. have to have what you need to have. Case in point, guys stuck out mm-hmm. at, at sea. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting because then you have to you try to tie off to them to be right next to them. You got other boats flying by you. There's you're bouncing around. It's just, it's just different. Yeah. You, yeah, you get over that awkwardness after doing it so many times. I, I would imagine. But I think it's probably, it never gets, stops being awkward for the poor people we're stopping. Yeah. No, know. I don't. And then we can also stop people to do a fishing inspection whenever mm-hmm. we want. If we have any evidence that suggests that they have been engaging in a, a regulated sport, such as fishing, we have the right to stop them and inspect everything. Mm. <laughs> so. Which, 
I mean, I, I would imagine that's all that's obviously going on all the time. Obviously, there's some mm-hmm. boating days that aren't are not as busy as others, mm-hmm. but you can always jump back on the on the fishing enforcement stuff. And let's let's talk about all that and the environmental stuff in just a second. Yes. But mm-hmm. the other thing that's just a, a chop into the pit for that. I you know, know that. I know you're ready. Laura. I do have a couple I, more questions about the law the, the enforcement side too. But um, because it's just interesting stuff. One thing that people don't realize, and actually, when we were out last time, we were dealing with the swim buoys. Yes. And uh, people don't really, you know, you go throughout different beaches along the Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golf side, you see the buoys out there where people are in the water, or then sometimes there's no buoys at all. And they all vary by, uh, by municipality, wherever you're at, yes. which is it's just like the alcohol thing is, is a pain uh, on land. But in the water, you have these swim buoys. And some of the swim buoys, which I learned all this, I mean, I knew what a swim buoy was, but I didn't realize, you know, the different rules for boats. Some it's like no boats at all. Some it's the boats can come to the shore to pick people up and go straight back, but that's it. Uh, and that, but mm-hmm. others are no boats at all. Some are, they're, they're crazy out there. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing though, because then you see there's people out there bobbing around in the water and then there's a boat passing them and then some don't care. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah. this is a designated area. So yeah. that's fascinating too. Cause we caught a couple of people out there that were doing things they weren't supposed to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just another, another thing you have to look out for and, yeah. and people need to be aware of. And obviously it's, it's about education, but I think yeah. that one, that one guy we stopped, there was like, 30 feet from the buoy just sitting there. He's like, oh, can I not be here? It's like, yeah, <laughs> and, and that buoy said vessel exclusion zone. Right. So it was just like, okay, you're getting a ticket. Here yeah. you go. Yeah. And it was, he's just like fishing. He's fishing. So he has hooks in the water, bait in the water, and there's a swimmer right next to the Yeah, boat. power poles were down too, I think, on the boat. Or that might have been the other one. But No, that was the other one. Oh, that was, yeah. But they were, yeah. Yeah. How do you take someone 10, 15 on a boat? How do you arrest somebody? Oh, yeah, when they're on one boat, you're on the other boat. There's all this dangerous water between you. Yeah. They might be fighting. They would, how, do you, how do you arrest somebody? Yeah, so it depends on the situation, right? So uh-huh. if this is a situation where like you're tied up to them and then you find out you have a violation, like a warrant yeah. or something like, so it could be probably controlled. Most of these people out here are yes people. They're going to cooperate mm-hmm. and there's procedures for if they're not going to cooperate, but like, let's just give a yes person. For okay. instance, you immediately call for your backup because uh-huh. it's going to take them a hot minute to get you to you. And you really just need to keep that person calm and engaged in a conversation. But when it comes time to do the deed, <laughs> the biggest thing is like, you want to make sure the boats are tied up really tight to each other. So there's no gap in between the boats. Uh-huh. That's a big thing because you don't want this person falling into the water. Unless you put them there. Yeah. As long as they're a yes person, you don't want them. Right. The or getting smashed between the boats. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No. Squishing fingers. And no. Yeah. So, you know, you have them turn and face away from you in their boat. Mm-hmm. And then you have them back up to their, uh, the side of their boat, their gunwale. And then you have them sit down on it. Mm-hmm. And you, at that point, throw a PFD over their head to tie it on them, handcuff them. And you're doing this all with two people at this point, right? And so you're doing these things simultaneously. You want to be as distracting and quick about it as possible. Uh-huh. And then um, you just kind of grab them by the back of their shoulder and they're, then you tell them, okay, when I tell you to, I want you to swing all of your legs to the right of you, with, throw all your momentum. And when they do that, you grab their leg and then you pull them over onto your boat real fast and swift-like. And um, I, I would like it always to goes it. perfectly. It does. It does really? It really does. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And you, you practice that in training uh-huh. because you don't want it to not go perfectly. <laughs> so, and I'm a small person. So I really like, I have to practice it because if I'm going to do it, I need to make sure that 
I have control over this person for their safety and for mine. Yeah. And uh, it does work pretty well. So love for you guys to see it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely want to. The way you just said that and looked at me, it's like, you do want to arrest me? Is that... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can be the she bad guy. But volunteer. I would like that. I would totally yeah. do that. Yeah, we can do that sometimes. I volunteered to spend a couple of days in jail for research this morning. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wow. did. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, you oh, did. Yeah. No, thank you. All right. So, the environmental enforcement side, which yes, yes, is. Yes. I, I just have to say, <laughs> I, I met Jill and I just. I, I found like a kindred spirit because of the way you love snakes and snails and puppy dogs tails. No, and, yeah, and, and, and sharks and fish. It's yeah. 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 So it's the, it's the other side, the, um, the really important piece of another important piece of, of what y'all do, protecting the fisheries, protecting the ecosystems that make Pinellas County so unique. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it, Laura. This is, this is your time. I've been hearing about these snails and this not, I've, let's do it. So, so I really want to talk about the thing that made you famous worldwide. Well, nationwide anyway, definitely. <laughs> at least, at least as far as New York. Um, you risked your life to save a manatee. And you know how much we love manatees in Florida. You can't not like a sea potato. They're, they're just the most wonderful, gentle no, things. People put I them on their them. license plates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so there were, there were two other guys with me that day. And they're great. And they, they all played an equal part in this. Mm, so okay. I want to make sure they get a little credit. So uh, we get this call for service in Treasure Island. And this uh -huh. lady's concerned because she sees a manatee close to her dock. And it's like behaving abnormally. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes when we get these calls, it's like total bull crap. It's like, oh, manatee's struggling. And really the manatee's like, I don't know, you know, being a manatee. Yeah. Like being a yeah. sea potato. Yeah, yeah. Doing, manatee doing, stuff. doing manatee stuff. Doing manatee stuff. Like so many glass. of us sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I could and manatee so, the heck out of a day, you know. So I should clarify that it's like not super often that you actually get one that it's injured or it's sick. Yeah. So I still, I love a manatee, right? So I'm like, let's go. Mm -hmm. Call about a manatee. And so all three of us get on one boat, which is abnormal, but uh -huh. we all get on one boat. Because you were, you were all at the, at the station, at the marina. Yeah, yeah, and we had multiple boats down. But I was just thinking to myself, you know what? If this is something, I can't do, do it, it alone. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, we all, thankfully, all, we all had the mindset to go together. And uh, we get out there and we're looking. And sure enough, we find this thing. And it is acting strange. So it will... It, it's just on the surface and it's kind of like, it's in this weird position where it like is almost like in a half moon. It's like stuck in a half moon and it can't like straighten its tail out. Huh. And I'm like, what is it doing? And it's, it can't go underwater. It, you can see that it tries to go underwater and it can't. And I think it's because the mobility of its tail, it couldn't, couldn't move it. Mm -hmm. And it's taking breaths of air like every eight seconds. And that is really strange. That's labored breathing for yeah. sure. Because these manatees will take a dip breath of air at the surface and then they go back under and they continue moving along. And they really don't have the strength in the neck to just stay up on the surface of the water and just breathe continuously. Like that takes a lot of energy. So for this manatee to just keep doing that, it was beginning to exhaust itself. And then it got to a point where quickly, because we were only there for about like 15 minutes before I decided to do something, but it was like very quickly going downhill. And this, he kind of made it over to these rocks next to the seawall and actually tried beaching him, him or her, we'll just call it him, okay. him on the, on the rocks to try to keep himself up. So that way he was no longer having to keep his body weight up on this. And I was like, okay, we need to do something because the, there wasn't a lot of rocks. So he wasn't 
he wasn't doing this successfully. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this thing is going to drown right here in front of us. And I'm not going to let that happen. So um, Manny, who was with us, I was like, somebody needs to get on the phone with the FWC because it's not like we have a manatee hoist. <laughs> yeah. And, and these guys are big. I mean, this is going to be oh. over 10 feet, over 1,000 pounds easily. Yeah, yeah. Pr- probably over 2,000 pounds yeah. easily. This is a big, big animal. Wow. And um, I'm like, somebody get on the phone with FWC, tell them to get like a rescue crew in or out. I'm getting in the water. I don't care what anybody else is doing, but I'm telling you what I'm doing. And everybody's like, you're doing what? And I'm like, oh, I'm getting in the water. Watch this. So we dock <laughs> the boat. <laughs> and, and, and then Brandon, he's on board. He's like, okay, well, if you're getting in the water, I'm getting in the water too. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, so we both just take off, our, take off our gun belts and jump in the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm in my boots because there's rocks. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I'm in soggy boots. And Brandon, he takes off his boots. And we both get in the water and uh, Manny is on the phone with FWC and they're like, yeah, our ETA is like two hours. And I was like, huh? And they're (laughs) like, and then they actually ask, can you get in the water and hold its head up to help it breathe? And I was like, well, (laughs) we've already, we're already in the water. So (laughs) see you in two hours. (laughs) So, so, um, you know, we did put a rope on this manatee and there's some people that don't like that, but the reason we did that is because where we were at, it wasn't shallow water. It was like shallow water for like three feet and then it drops off a ledge. Mm-hmm. So if he did try to swim at all and went to that deeper part, then we would not be able to support its head. Yeah. So we put the rope around it just so M- Manny you was holding it, it and kind of keep it nearby yeah, so I could yeah. support its head. And we did that legitimately for like two hours before FWC showed up. And the reason it took them so long is they were actually up in Homosassa for a manatee rescue. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, I think that one was for like a boat strike or something. So it took them a long time. And these are just like, they're not law enforcement. So they don't have lights and sirens. They're just biologists and rescue teams. So it took them a long while. And then, um, you know, after two hours of holding it, you know, it's it's regained some strength. So Mm -hmm. at first it was like super cooperative and you could tell, you can just kind of tell when animals know that you're trying to help them and they become, they come, they are cooperative for the most part. And you could tell that's was the situation, but towards the end, the the same manatee had regained some of its strength. And it was like, I'm tired of being held now, thank you. (laughs) And it was game on. There was flailing and there was me almost drowning. You could have been pinned right under it. Yeah, well, I was next to the dock. Uh And so crushed between Yeah, and when it was flailing, it was pushing me underneath the dock. And I was like, I'm gonna drown. And then Brandon actually said, Jill, if you don't move, you're going to end up getting killed. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) I like shuffled all the way. But um, uh, we passed the manatee off to FWC and we quickly got out of there because we were like, all right, we tamed the beast. Have fun. (laughs) So do do they have a hoist to get it out of the water then? they do. Yeah. They have a whole specialized boat. Boat just for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's neat. And they have specialized nets and all of that stuff. So I had to bring the boat down, drop it in the water and then. Yeah. So it's a long process. Mm. And where they take it? I, I don't know. Manatee no. Hospital. Yeah, Manatee Hospital. There's several actually across the state. Uh, there's like SeaWorld. There's mm. Clearwater Marine Aquarium. But there's there's others too. So, yeah. Good stuff. Nice. Laura, this yeah. is, keep going. This is all you. <laughs> and it was sick. And, it was what we think oh, it was yeah. sick from was red tide paralysis. Oh, so, which yeah. is a temporary thing as long as you can get them into clean water and they can start 
you know, breathing and living in clean water and not be affected by the, the red tide. Yeah. So people cause a lot of problems for marine life. I know um, shark fishing is another issue. Hot topic. Yeah. Yeah. It is for this community right now. Yeah. Um, because yeah. a lot of shark species are, are critically endangered and a lot of them are protected. You can't, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to catch them at all. Like tiger yeah. sharks. Yeah. So what kind of sharks are, are people out there catching that they're not supposed to right now? Tiger sharks. Okay. Hammerheads, like great, great hammerheads. Uh, those are really the two like common ones in this area that we've kind of had a problem with people trying to land intentionally to take pictures of and stuff like that. And, and that's it. A tiger shark is a prohibited species. Even with a shark fishing permit, you are not allowed to land them. People target them specifically and do it intentionally and they end up dying. There was one tragic one recently, right? Yeah. A a pregnant female? Yeah. In Indian shores, their uh, person intentionally landed a tiger shark and I think took some pictures with it and then took off because a crowd started to gather. And uh, the crowd, I think, tried... I don't know if they tried or I shouldn't speak that say that they did or didn't, but they could not get her back into the, 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 mm-hmm. the shark died there on land and she was uh, heavily pregnant and she birthed all 41 pups on the beach and they all died too. So the whole generation mm-hmm. lost. Yeah. And because it, I wanted to take pictures with a shark. Somebody wanted to take pictures of the shark. And <sighs> it's not like these were little sharks that were ready to go. Like she was ready to birth any day. They were fully developed. Yeah. So, and they died because somebody was greedy. So it was very sad. It's just tragic. So yeah. when, when that happens, because you see videos and stuff of that popping up where sharks have beached themselves or, or find their way somehow onto, mm-hmm. the, onto the shore, yeah. should people actively try to get them back on the water as soon as possible? I would say, yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't tell people to do something dangerous, you know. But you would. I would. Yeah. I would do anything. What does that look yeah. like? Like how, like I saw that, what can I do? Grab them by the mouth. That's a, yeah. Well, I know not that, but I'm like, is it possibly the opposite you, of that? You grab the, the tail, tail and then yeah, you run know, like hell once yeah. they're yeah. deep enough. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not that professional shark wrangler. Yeah. yeah I don't know the right answer for this, <laughs> but I would say the safest course of action would be everybody getting near the tail behind, well away from the head and just dragging it backwards as fast as possible into the water and and getting them out of the way, you know? Because they got to move forward to breathe, right? Yeah, they have to move water through the yeah. gills. Yeah. So what else? Environment. I, I, know, I know you got... Welking is a thing. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's get to it. Operation Let's get Snail to, Trail. To the snail trail. <laughs> oh, you shared with them. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I did. I did. Yeah. Like, we're I, talking I, about snails. I'm I, like, I, awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in Marine, you really have to be, like, proactive, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. People think they have this misconception. You have the best job in the world, which is just partially true, right? Mm-hmm. And they think that like we just get to drive the boat around all day. And then when we're not driving the boat around, we get to have these lavish lunches at the marina. No. Okay. You are expected to work mm-hmm. and to be proactive and go out there and to find stuff, be it representative of the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. So as you know, I love fish and wildlife stuff. Yeah. So this thing happens where I'm down in Shelkey mm-hmm. and there's this group of individuals and they're collecting something on the mud flat of Shelkey. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are they getting? And I'm like looking through binoculars at this point and I'm like, they are collecting whelks. Okay. Weird. And, and Shelkey is a preserve. So you it can't is, right. collect anything from Correct. there. Nothing yeah. left from there. So I'm like, bam, we got something, right? 
So we go and make contact with them and they have just tons and tons of whelks. Now I'm pretty new in the Marine unit at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and so and like new to Florida and new to Florida. Yeah. And so I'm not really sure what species these whelks are. I'm not really sure if they're protected or not protected other than I know I have at least a local ordinance violation, which is the doing shell fishing within the preserve. Yeah. And so I run this person in NCIC and, um, all that stuff, take down their info, take pictures of all these whelks. And I gave them a warning. All the whelks were still alive because they were in water. Mm -hmm. So I gave them a warning and said, you know, don't come back here and ever do this again. Um, And I released all of the the whelks Uh because I really wasn't sure like what state violations, if any, I had at that point, but I, I needed to research it. Yeah. So I let this person go and all of a sudden I get a phone call from dispatch and they're like, we have somebody on the line that wants to speak with you. And I'm like, is it the CIA? <laughs> and I'm like literally thinking, well, who did I just run? And I'm like terrified that like, this is, I don't know who it is. You know, I don't, I don't know. And so the other person on the line is like, yeah, this is agent so-and-so. He says mm-hmm. he's an agent. And I'm like, with who? The, are you from the FBI? And he's like, no, FWC. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, let's simmer down on the agent, uh, yeah. shall we? <laughs> yeah, agent. Agent, okay, thank you. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I about passed away, honestly. And I was like, <laughs> glaring at this boy. And he's like, what are you running that person for? <laughs> he's like whispering and I'm like, uh, fishing violation what kind he had whelks didn't he and I'm like yeah where are you at are you watching me he's like no that's what he does he sells them on the black market there's a whelk black market and that's what I'm thinking I'm like there's a whelk black market now for all the simple people a whelk is a snail it's a type of, yeah. Yes, it's it's, so, it's, it's univalve. It's not like yeah. a, 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 a two, two hinge. Yes. It's just like a, a typical spiral shape. Yeah. They get pretty big. They get like like foot, foot and a half. Yeah. Yeah, quite, wow. quite, quite big, hefty. Um, okay, so you're not allowed to, to take these things. Do they eat them? Yes. Okay. It's a delicacy. Oof. Yeah. So he tells me this person needs to be on your radar. He's poaching huge amounts of them uh-huh. and, this and, is, and it is legal to take them though it is, for personal yeah. Use. yeah you have to have a valid uh, florida fishing license uh-huh. and uh, you can take up to 100 pounds for personal use personal consumption 100 pounds is a lot, a lot of wealth yeah. yeah. for of one person to eat is that per day or yeah. for like lifetime yeah, for no, personal per use personal use so they yeah. have other uses besides yeah. eating yeah so this person obviously was selling them right that's illegal mm-hmm. okay so uh, with fishing licenses, you can have like a commercial saltwater products license, mm-hmm. and that allows you to catch fish and sell it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then fishing, there's a saltwater fishing license. You know, you can only you're taking for your personal use, yeah. right? And then there's certain species that you can only take for personal use. You can even if you had a saltwater products license, you're not allowed to harvest them and sell them. Mm-hmm. And so any snail, like any whelk species, you're not allowed to harvest them and sell mm-hmm. them. And you just go grab the shells, basically, and pick them up. Yeah, and, or you can collect the 100 pounds of them and eat them for personal use. Like, you mm-hmm. can clean them and freeze them and stuff like that, which is fine and dandy. But we, are being, we were being told that this person, you know, was collecting hundreds and hundreds of pounds a day because wow. he was selling them on Facebook Marketplace and other venues. Uh-huh. And there are that many of them out there. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty lot. common. 
They're really common. So far. I mean, if people yeah. keep poaching them. Yeah. Right. You know, and, right. re- and when I stopped this person, he definitely had a hundred pounds. Um, mm. Because you got to gotta count the shell with it. Mm. And so you got these shells and everything in a five gallon bucket and that ga- five gallon bucket probably weighs 40 pounds. Wow. Yeah. 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 Each whelk's got to be like five pounds ish. A, bib- a big, mean, big guy. Oh, I mean, oh a big yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. So it, the, the, it adds up fast. Yeah. So this person's on my radar now uh-huh. and I'm like, okay. So then all of a sudden I start, these people start popping up everywhere. Mm. And all of a sudden there's more and more of these people coming to the area and, and doing it in the same spot. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And so then I'm like, okay. Then I start creating a Excel spreadsheet mm. uh, and keeping track of like what species there are out there. And then mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> putting in a picture and then putting in the, the state ordinance for each species. So I made a whole Excel spreadsheet and PDF and all this stuff identifying. And it was getting so out of control that when Brandon, it was Brandon and I, again, <laughs> when we'd show up, we'd catch one, but there'd be four others and they'd scatter, hmm. you know? And so we, there were so many, like we couldn't detain everybody at once. Yeah. So finally I was like, this is out of control. So I go to my Sergeant and I'm like, sir, We've got to do an operation. And he was like, for what? And I'm like, people are snailing. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he is not thrilled about the situation. He's like, they're doing what? And I was like, they're, they're collecting snails. They're collecting whelks. He was like, and what's wrong with that? And so like, then I get into this whole thing. He was like, all right, put it together. Put an operation together. I'm like, sweet. So what is an operation now, now consist of? Now you're feeling of? like an agent. Oh, yes, I, you are an agent. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I was an agent. I'm a yes. welking agent. <laughs> it's going to be my new thing. <laughs> so, so an operation, uh-huh. um, you have to come up with an ops plan and you have to submit that to your chain of command. Uh-huh. And, you know, you got to... <laughs> and you have to come up with a cool name. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you have to come up with a name. And so the first thing you deal with is, what are we going to call it? <laughs> and I'm like, Operation Snail Trail. <laughs> So um, we put the op- ops plan together and um, we went out and it was like, we picked some crappy day to do it because we only got three people. <laughs> but in <laughs> but the it grand still counts scheme, as an operation. It did. We got yeah. three different groups of people doing it. Mm-hmm. So we got three different like arrest stats. So. But now people know don't, don't snail. <laughs> so what else? What else is, is big out there that, that you guys got to kind of keep under control? Yeah, a uh, big thing right now is liveries, which is like rentals. Mm. Okay, livery yeah. is when like you rent a vessel out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big thing right now. People mm-hmm. are doing it illegally. It's like if you, to, you have to be, you have to carry a livery permit mm-hmm. and then you have to carry a million dollar insurance policy and all sorts of other things in order to rent your vessel out to somebody else. You can't just willy-nilly get on Facebook Marketplace and do that. Mm. And th- all those regulations are in place because it protects the rider. Right. You know, if yeah. they take off on the jet ski and they kill themselves, who's liable? Well, I'm telling you, your recreational progressive insurance is not going to cover that. So um, people oftentimes, jet skis especially, are the, the culprits of this. And um, we were dealing with something like that last night and people get hurt when yeah. they rent these jet skis from people who are not legitimate businesses. Hmm. Cause they don't give them any training, right? They just, right. They don't get, jet ski, and get on and that's and part of the regulations is that mm-hmm. like you have to, I mean, to, and even the training that 
the legit rental places give are not good. Yeah. So better than nothing, but better than nothing. Yeah. Right. So that's a big thing that we're dealing with right now. Hmm. Do they rent them in bad conditions too? Like, are, oh, are they yeah. cognizant of that or they'll just send them out they so they can send them out get the money to get the money. Wow. Yeah. And they're charging like $500 oh. for like a half a day. So they're charging a lot of money and these riders have no experience, no education, no anything. And she charged the rescue to them. I know because yesterday turned into a rescue. Oh yeah. Yeah. What happened with that one? Yeah. So, um, this couple went out on a jet ski and, uh, it was very rough out last night. It was like six footers probably Mm -hmm. when the storm came in and for whatever reason, they were possessed to go out to the Gulf with little to no experience. And, uh, they flipped the jet ski and they went into the water and the jet skis quickly got separated from them and they were really far out. Well, not, I should say really far, but they weren't near shore. Yeah. They were, there was they no could swimming just, they could just wade. Yeah, yeah, shore. Yeah. There was no swimming okay. in. No. And um, we got out there and we plucked them out of the water and they didn't really have any training or knowledge and the female on board was pregnant. Oh boy. And she had to be transported to the hospital. And then it turns out, you know, you ask them, is the jet ski yours? No. Or where do you get it from? My uncle. What's your uncle's name? Then they give you a name that's not their uncle. And then you can't find the owner of the jet ski. And then it turns out after all what? of it, it's because they rented it off Facebook Marketplace. Oh. So they just don't have any training or experience. And they go out in these terrible conditions and then tragedies happen. tragedy like waiting to happen. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I wanted to do a non-animal thing because I know you were involved in something that was one of our more popular videos, which, mm. was, a, which was a pursuit that went... It was a uh, carjacking, oh. another carjacking, and it went oh, through the canyon, oh, yeah. and it ended up, up in the water. It, yes. it, was, it was a fantastic. We have an uh, aerial view from the eagle yeah. of the whole thing. All the way from Dunedin to Indian Shores, I And think. you were yeah. the person on the boat. I was. Yeah. I was the person on the boat. That's actually probably the coolest, funnest call. I bet. <laughs> funnest. Don't think that's a word. Funnest, most fun. It is now. It is now. It works. Yeah. Um, that yeah. is like still one of our most watched videos on yeah, YouTube. So yeah, so let me just, let me, let's mm-hmm. just, uh, for context for everybody. So that one was, it started up in Dunedin, I think at the Dunedin Cove Motel. I believe so. Mm-hmm. which is not known for its accommodations. No. And and he just fled and it was just one of those things where we have we don't have those very often but this is this was an individual that had really no regard for anybody else and nope. despite how many deputies we have on the road we were having a hard time kind of figuring out where he's going because they usually don't, you know, call ahead and let us know. <laughs> so we were kind of all over the county and it went down the beach and carjacked the crashes. It was it was a it was a great a uh, crap show. It was. So he made yeah. it down to, he, he, was, he was sort of approaching the beaches. So you were, you were listening to this on the radio. Yeah. Watching the units. Yeah. And you were in the water on the boat. So it's coming my way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am the only person, for whatever reason that day, I was the only person on the water. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was at the office doing administrative stuff. And I think we at had. At this particular time of day. At this particular yeah. time yeah. of day. Um, it's not Jill versus the world out there. No, all no, the time. no, 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 <laughs> it's not. feels like it sometimes. Probably, <laughs> but, uh, I feel like it. but uh, I'm all the way down in John's pass uh-huh. and I'm like hearing this transpire on the radio and I'm, I start listening to it when it's like way up on Clearwater Largo road and it ends up like signal fouring another vehicle, which is a crash. crash. Mm-hmm. And then it uh, leaves the scene and all that stuff. So I'm listening to it and I'm like, this is really getting bad. And 
then all of a sudden it turns on to I think West Bay. And I was like, that baby's coming to the beaches. And it was just like this crazy feeling in my gut that he was going to end up in the water. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to explain it because I've really never had a sensation quite this strong that I did that day. Mm-hmm. And I was on a, a vessel stop when this was happening and I cut my vessel stop short. I said, I got to go. There's a carjacking. And they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, Disregard. Goodbye. Carry on. And I like take off. And, um, I start going and, uh, it does turn on to golf Boulevard. And I, as soon as I hear that it's about to turn on to golf Boulevard, I text everybody that was at the Marina. I said, get in your trucks and go, because we were getting there. He was coming straight from the Marina. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's three people there and they are partiers. They are going to get this guy. Right? <laughs> and, 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 and this was, this was wild. I mean, this was one of the wild, this is the wildest thing I've ever seen since yeah. I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, we don't have it often, yeah. but even other things that I see, I mean, this guy was in absolutely driving crazy down golf mm-hmm. boulevard. It was crazy. It was two lanes at that point. Uh, there's people around. Yeah. I mean, it, they crashed right by Krabby Bills. It was crazy. And watch it. There yeah. were so many near misses. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was, it it could was have been pedestrians so much worse. flying everywhere. Yeah. Right. I think there was just like divine intervention mm-hmm. after divine yeah. intervention all, that entire time because yeah. it was just insane It to was me. a lot of people's yeah. lucky day. Yeah. But um, everybody from the Marine unit that was at the Marina get, gets in their trucks and they're going north they have, like, and it's coming south trucks, right? and they yeah. have big pickup trucks. They're lifted and everything. And uh, my corporal get, gets on the radio and he's like, do I have permission to ram it? And the lieutenant was like, stop it by all means necessary. And I was like, oh, it's definitely going in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, goes to, he goes to ram the vehicle and he just kind of like tapped the rear end because if he would have hit him straight on, he would. they probably both would have died, to be honest. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were traveling yeah, so traveling fast. So fast yeah. But him just getting a little quick tap in was enough that this person kind of like slowed down and kind of lost control a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that allowed patrol to kind of speed up. And then they ended up like pitting him and he spun out of control and drove through a fence. Almost hit somebody a with a baby carrier. I know. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And landed the vehicle in the mangroves. And I'm very close at this point. And uh-huh. the guy gets out of the car and he runs through the mangroves and he jumps in the ICW in the water. Intracoastal waterway. Yes. Mm-hmm. And everybody chases them out and they run out onto a dock because you never want to go into the water after them. Yeah, You're going to yeah. die. <laughs> Somebody is at least. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. Like, so they're all on the dock and uh, a Rob gets on the radio and he tells me they're just north of caddies. Well, they weren't north of caddies. They were actually just south of caddies. Okay. So I'm like, I'm coming, baby. <laughs> like, I'm just <laughs> balls to the wall running this thing as uh, fast as possible. And I'm driving and all of a sudden I catch out of the corner of my eye, people like waving at me and I look over and then it's all of them out on this dock. <laughs> and they're like, we're right here. And you know, they got to be in Not the north. They're, they're, they're pissed at me. Uh, they think I've made the mistake. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh crap. And the, the ICW in this area is really narrow. You can't just whip a 39 foot boat around when mm-hmm. you're running 60 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I tried to though. <laughs> so, <laughs> back up. I go, so I go to turn it real hard and uh, I'm like, this ain't going to work. I'm going to end up hitting somebody's dock because I was not be able, I wasn't able to make a full U-turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, okay, I want a collision course with this dock. And uh, I was like, well, I can either hit this dock fast or I can hit it slower. <laughs> So reverse it is. So at last <laughs> second, right before I collided with this uh, this pole, I hard reversed it, which ends up killing the engines. Uh, but it was enough that I just tapped. Mm. 
the this pole. Uh-huh. And I'm like, they can't see me. Thankfully, everybody on the uh-huh. dock. I'm giving up my secret because I could play this off like nothing happened. Totally meant to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's a tactic yeah. to uh, communicate yeah. with Maybe a man we'll in the water. Maybe we'll end up cutting this out so people don't know this happened. It was a funny oopsie on my part because I'm like panicking inside. Right. I'm like, crap, they're going to see me and they're judging me right now. <laughs> and I'm like, soon as I could, I start all three motors and I'm like, zoom back over there. And they, nobody has any idea this happened. So I still look like the hero. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so I'm like pulling up to the guy and he's like pretending like he has something in his waistband, mm-hmm. right? And so- Is your gun out at this, my this point? Gu- my gun is out at this point now that I'm going slow uh-huh. <laughs> and not driving like a mad woman. My gun is out at this point because I don't know what he has in his hand and I have to drive- past him to pick up anybody that's on the dock. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to get shot in my yeah. back. Okay. So I'm like going up to him nose up because I'm like, if he starts shooting at me, he's going to end up shooting the underside of the boat, which right. is yeah. It's, yeah. It's aluminum. So, or it's, it's metal or some sort. And uh, I'm like, so he's not gonna kill me that way. And they're all screaming at me at the dock. What are you going to do? Pick him up out of the water yourself. And I'm like, that is not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to see if he really has a gun. Well, I can tell the water's so clear. It's crystal clear. I can mm-hmm. tell he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you're not going to shoot me. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so then I scoot past him and I go up to the dock and all of a sudden I make contact with the dock and all of a sudden everybody starts running on the boat. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, how many, how many people are we taking? <laughs> and at first I think there's four that runs uh-huh. on the boat. And so they run into the boat and then I back up and they go to take him out of the water. They get him handcuffed. So we get back to the marina. Then he starts overdosing. Oh gosh. Yeah. He had, when he jumped in the water, he had Mm -hmm. ate a whole handful of something and he starts overdosing at the marina. And so now we're like, oh God, this is bad. So we Narcan him and FD can't get to us because there's so many accidents on Gulf Boulevard that Gulf Boulevard is blocked with like seriously injured people too Mm -hmm. from, from the initial like crash when he crashed. And the and it took probably 25 minutes for them to get through Gulf Boulevard. And I, th- I think literally somebody pushed a vehicle all their way with their vehicle mm-hmm. for them to clear the road to get to us. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of, first of all, 25 minutes is a very long time. Very long yeah. time. Five it's, minutes is a long time yeah. when, you're, when you're waiting. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm like getting on the radio and I'm like, I don't care what they need to do, but they need to get here now because we're not letting this person die in custody. Yeah. And he didn't. He ended up being totally fine after uh, FD got the, to him. The, the Narcan he, worked or? It did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it worked for a, a little bit, but we, I don't think we ever found out what exactly he ate, but it was whatever he had been high on the entire time mm-hmm. is what he had yeah. ingested to get rid of it. Um, but he ended up getting medically cleared and he went, to, he went to jail. Okay. So he, Happy he ending. was fine. Happy yeah. ending. Yeah. Not for him, but no. Yeah. And we got a helpful video out of it. Yes, we sure did. did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, Thanks for coming on. I loved it. Yeah. We appreciate it. Uh, we do like to always give an opportunity for your own little personal PSA. What do you want the public to know? What can our listeners do to make your job easier? Please check the weather. Mm. Okay. The weather in Florida changes so rapidly. Mm-hmm. All I ask is that you please check the weather statement before going out on a boat. Check it throughout your trip, your voyage, check rip current statements, do yourself a favor because you do not want to become a, st- a statistic. And it's sad what it does. Not, It's sad for us and it's sad for your family. So don't be vigilant. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff is, is preventable. 
So yeah. you guys are burning up resources in some cases, risking your own lives yeah. for, for folks that are just not, uh, not being responsible. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Jill Constant, Marine Environmental Lands Unit. Thanks again for Thank coming you. on. Thank you. Yeah. As we said at the beginning, we really enjoy getting your feedback and hearing from you. We want to know uh, what you want to hear about. If you guys yeah. have questions you want us to ask, whatever it is, get in touch with us. And you can do so by emailing us at let's56 at pcsonet.com. Thanks again to all of our listeners. Thanks, Jill, for coming on. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time.